0: Welcome to Chunks Chats. I'm Tiffany, and I started a hair clip business called Chunks out of my basement in Seattle in 2019, and it went from a one-woman show to now a team of 15. This is where I chat about growing our small business, responsible manufacturing, and all the nuances in between. Today, we have a guest. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. And she is the founder of PF Candles, that ubiquitous brown craft label candle that you've seen everywhere and it really changed the candle game. But I'm going to let Kristen introduce herself, who she is, how she began her business, her empire.
1: My empire. (laughs) (laughs) My candle (laughs) empire. No. Um, Well, I started my business in 2008 and it was really just an Etsy shop then. I had been working in publishing and writing about Kind of like the Etsy boom I was working at a craft and DIY title and in 2008 the publishing industry was an early byproduct of the recession so I ended up losing my job because the magazine I worked for folded and I remember my boss sitting me down and saying what are you going to go do now and I just thought I'm going to go start my small business I had been making some things and I just said I'm going to move to Austin and start a small business so I left New York Moved to Austin, which at the time was this huge craft mecca. There was just so much going on there with handmade, and it was way cheaper to live also. Very important. So I moved there, and, you know, it really tried to make ends meet. For about three years I was living there, it was, it was a struggle. I was working many part-time jobs in addition to launching PF, and I made a variety of handmade things in the beginning. Candles were basically the thing that stuck because... After I had relocated my business to California so that my husband, Tom, who was my boyfriend at the time, could finish college, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is so much work, you know, and I can't like keep the scale up and try to find another job to help me make ends meet. And he just said, why don't you just do the candles? It seems like you could do that on the weekend. It seems like you could like work a full time job. And. It was so interesting because the second that I said, okay, I'm just going to stop making everything else and start just making candles, that's when the business took off. And Mm. I got my first big PO that year from West Elm. And Tom was graduating. In that same year? In 2013. So we moved in 2011. I was struggle, struggle, struggle. And then was basically building the business by doing craft fairs and shows and markets. What other things were you making? Okay, I was making handmade book safes. So I would take old books that were like going to be thrown out, and I would carve the inside out. And they were really, honestly, probably the coolest thing I've ever made. But each one was (laughs) one of a kind. And I was selling them for $20. Like, I was not valuing my time at all. I was like, that's just how much I would pay for that. (laughs) I was making pins, magnets, buttons, all that kind Mm. of stuff. And basically, whatever I had the skill to make, I was selling it. At one point, I did a business with my friend in Austin, and we made state-shaped pillows where the front was plaid and the back was denim. It was very Texas. (laughs) Nice. So like a lot, I tried a lot, (laughs) a lot of things. Yeah.
0: So Kristen, I should have mentioned your last name, but Kristen Pumphrey,
1: (laughs) um, PF. I literally did no introduction for myself also, so... (laughs) But I really like the
0: evolution of your name, too, because Pomfrey sounds like Pomfret, and then you shortened it to PF. Look, this was my MySpace
1: name. This was my MySpace name back in the day. It was Kristen Pomfret. Pomfret. (laughs) Like, I just really loved. We were a fun bunch that lived in New York. You know, like, we'd always be going out Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then we'd go to brunch the next morning, and I'm like, I got to get my French fries, you know? (laughs) So then your thing. I just put that as my, my space name and it evolved into a blog and then it evolved into the business. And then I said, I can't with a straight face, sell Pumphrey's candles to Stephen Allen, right? <laughs> to West Elm. <laughs> so we just shortened it to PF. Now it's an Easter
0: egg. Yeah. I love it. I remember the first time seeing you, I think I was, it was at an LA Renegade mm. and it was one of the outdoor ones. I just remember like this huge buzz around your, your booth and just, you were kidding. <laughs> Killing it, And I was like, what, what is happening over there? Like, let me check it out. <laughs> and then I smelled it and I was like, oh, I totally get it. Like the, the scents were uh, like at the time, it was unlike anything else that most people had smelled because like you had such interesting combinations. Whereas I think pre-PF, it was like very still Yankee mm. candle scents, like, you know, just very perfumey and, and one note. So how did that become your signature thing?
1: Well, you know, we were doing the markets, and it's interesting how sort of who your partner is or your experiences in life will play in because Tom mm. would do the markets with me. He Before he was co-owner, he was my grumpy craft fair boyfriend, right? And he would sit <laughs> at the booth and watch the booth when I went to the bathroom and help me sell and load in and load out. And he was sort of like, you know there's not a lot of stuff here for dudes and a lot Mm -hmm. of it, or there'd be a couple booths that would be like super dude centric. So when I was evolving the packaging and the scents, I essentially just wanted them to be unisex that it could be for anyone and wasn't so focused on making maybe what was a traditional candle. And even to this day, we have a huge male customer base, like 25% of our customers are men, which is really unusual for a candle company. But, we were taking sort of like a more designery luxury candle and then evolving the craft fair candle, right? Yeah. So that was sort of what we
0: what we did. I see. And then just a little background, the way that we know each other, I think we've known each other for like a year and a half now. Yeah, I was
1: something. gonna say a couple years,
0: right? Yeah, but I reached out to you because I was in search of a mentor, really. And I instantly thought of you because we have similar stories. Like we both started on Etsy and I even now just hearing about all the things that you've made that I've never heard about, that so much resonates with me too because I've tried everything. (laughs) Like people think I came out of nowhere. No, I've been doing this shit for a long time, you know? So I just really admired like someone who uh comes from the same like place as me like the craft fair
1: i know it's very um we don't do craft fairs anymore and one of the mm-hmm. things i missed the most was like just getting to talk to other business owners and yeah so you and i chat maybe like every other month or something or if something big comes up we'll just be like how are you doing let's talk about it and it's such a It's such an incredible resource to have and just i get so inspired every time we have a chat i'll be like man tiffany's up to this and this is what she's doing and it's this really cool meeting of the minds but this is recreating the craft fair experience because when you're there at the market Mm. what are you doing you're talking to your neighbors the whole time you're sort of sharing experiences and you'll start to meet those people that you see every time and you can learn and instead of necessarily having like someone who I would look up to who I'm like, oh, they're so out of reach. I always felt that you find people who are like-minded in the same situation and you grow together. Yeah, totally.
0: Oh, craft show days. (laughs) I'm still there.
1: I mean, I still only do holiday shows, but...
0: It's hard.
1: They are so, they are so hard. We stopped doing them in 2018, I want to say, because when we started Mm -hmm. having our staff work them too, I realized how insane it actually is to say, okay, load the show in, set the booth up, stand on your feet for eight hours and smile at everybody and be in a good mood and be like prepared, eat your lunch behind the table so no one sees you, then load out it's a lot so we were like yeah yeah, yeah. I think the first you know f- f- few years that
0: you're doing it you're still learning so it's still exciting but then after like five years you're just
1: like damn I'm tired
0: no but the, tired tired of being in the,
1: front. Th- the reason why I think they're so incredible is that how often do you get the chance to be in front of thousands thousands of your target customer that's oh yeah that's insane so I know such an incredible resource
0: Totally. I I still love to do it. I'm hesitant to let it go completely because even though it's tiring, like it's still so valuable. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, some of our diehards like come to the shows, and I get to interact with them, which is so cool for me and cool for them too. And then just getting that like in person feedback and like seeing their res- their like visceral response to things is like you get so the
1: Tough helpful. feedback and the good feedback. Because mm. you'll get mm-hmm. people that to this day I will remember the things they said to me at a craft fair, but I think that it shapes you and makes you better. You know what's wild? Yeah. I would always have my regulars at the shows and we were doing an event at our show and one of my regulars from the markets came in and I was like, Stop! You were always with your friend and I remember you and you always returned your jars. And it was it made me feel so good to know that after all this time she's still with us. I just don't get to see her as regularly, you know? Yeah, yeah. I
0: I want to know about your hair evolution. Okay. Like, I feel like hair is so important to everyone's own individual, you know, individuality and how they, how they see themselves. And, like, I wonder if you have any thoughts on how that reflects about your personality or have any,
1: like, funny hair stories. Well, I do. I actually... Look, the weird thing is that my hair was like my thing. It's like my thing, okay? And (laughs) I don't think anyone knows that about me because it just seems like I have brown hair, okay? (laughs) But look, look, look. So I always had like very long hair. And then in the middle of my hair, you can see right here, I have Uh this red streak of hair and that's my birthmark. And it grows from like my head, bright red. And it's done that since like I had blonde hair and then it turned this color with the birthmark and I was always like this is my thing you know (laughs) and in high school like it was it's thick it was long so people were always like you have really nice hair but I've also used it as this way to differentiate periods in my life and do dramatic hair changes right Mm -hmm. so when I was going off to college it was the year was 2003 and I chopped my (laughs) hair into a bob and flipped it out like this Uh like I was like Mandy Moore you know (laughs) (laughs) And then when I was doing like um, in college, when I was very like indie sleaze, I had a black pixie cut, okay? And then now I have this bob, which I really love the bob. And I feel after all these years, I've actually finally learned how to style my hair. Why did it take me so long to learn what brush to use? What a brush (laughs) versus a comb does? What size Mm. claw clip? I need to wear in my hair. Like, oh, the really big one will hold my whole hair. And the baby ones will pull just this part. But I think I did some deep thinking about how to style it and how I like it and how it feels. So I know if I'm having a poofy Hermione day, I can use the brush. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's always just been like my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what brush do you use? What's your favorite brush? I use right now, I'm using a comb because here's okay. the phase I'm in. You have I like hair. the bob because I like that it's very put together, right? It's like yeah. chic, but yeah. I want it to be a little messy because sometimes when it's too sleek, it makes me feel really boring. So mm-hmm. I don't brush it anymore. I just comb it and then it gets crazy at the top and that, that works for me. Yeah, I love your bob. I love how like cut off it is. It's very fresh and chopped right now. I could never get my hair to do that. Look, my daughter has a bob right now, too. Oh, really? So we're talking about doing some bangs together for the summer. Mm, Okay. How often do you change your hairstyle? Every couple years. You know, before this, I had... Like, before COVID, I had blonde hair. Long blonde hair. I was spending, like, eight hours in the salon to get it. But again, it was through another time where I was going through a really hard time in my life. I was processing a grief, and I just said... F this, I'm going to dye my hair blonde, and I was a blonde for like a year and a half. It it was great, but. How has, how has motherhood changed your hair? Mm. Okay, I only have one kid, and I have a kid that's seven now. So I don't feel like I have to have a certain haircut in order to be a mom. You know, like it doesn't have to be short, but when she was first born, I was wearing that bun all the time that bun Mm -hmm. was in my hair all the time and I think this is when I talk about your hair with your identity it was making me feel so boring and I just felt so plain and I think sometimes as a new mom you feel like you disappear a little bit right like being pregnant I was like oh my god I've never been so loved by random strangers they love a pregnant woman right they're like the hope the opportunity then I had the baby and they're like ugh. A mom with a stroller. <laughs> Gross. And then I just felt like I had disappeared and lost part of my identity. So that mm-hmm. was part of the process of taking it back was I'm going to do this drastic hair change. And that made me really feel differently.
0: Yeah, I actually don't get, you know, like how our mother's generations, like it felt like every every older women, woman when they had kids would just chop their hair off. Like that couldn't make you feel better (laughs) I want
1: to do a pixie look I want to do a pixie again but I'm worried that it's gonna make me feel like older than I am but that's also just where I'm at in my life and the age that I'm getting to where I'm very conscious of those things of you know I'm processing it so I'm like if it makes me feel older but then I don't want to feel too young because then I'm trying so it's a whole push-pull
0: right right I know I mean I definitely have always kept my hair long just Mm. because I've always felt like such a tomboy mm. and like the only thing feminine about me is the length of my hair. I don't know. Um, well, you got
1: your nails done too. You, well, that's because I have a photo shoot later. <laughs> <laughs> I only do it when I need to. I mean, fair enough. I had to go to a party on uh, Saturday night and I was wearing open toed shoes and I was like, oh, I have to do my nails.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't worn a skirt. In like, I was telling my team, like, I haven't worn a skirt in like probably ten years. I haven't worn jeans in like probably five. But
1: this is what's so. Interesting <laughs> so I got to keep my hair long. But you, what's so interesting to me about that? And I identify the same way, where I am not a girly person. Although I went through my huge phases of where I wore nothing but dresses, right? But I yeah, never me was too. necessarily a girly girl. But also, me what too. does that even mean? And what does it matter? I and I know you can be just who you are and like the things that you like without ascribing to the labels, like raising a daughter too. She's definitely super, super active. So she ripped all her clothes to shreds, but she wears dresses. And I figured, okay, these are the chunks clips I can put in her hair to pull it back when she's growing her bangs out that she'll actually tolerate because otherwise she's like, I hate everything in my hair, don't do it. So I don't know. Yeah, and we're similar age and we both have seven
0: year olds. Mm But I've, I've definitely been, I mean, I'm 38 now and I'm feeling it. And so there is that like, not battle, that's a little strong, but um. <laughs> well, how struggle? are you feeling it? How are you feeling struggle? it? Struggle, just, you know, this, wr- this wrinkle now never goes away. This one here.
1: Well, this one my stylist <laughs> said, she said, look, bangs are Botox. <laughs> so I'm like maybe I'll just get some bangs, you know Mm, I know I
0: emote too much to do Botox so I'm like that's uh, that's out of the question you (laughs) too
1: right so I need that eyebrow to be able to be like you know exactly exactly but it's a weird society too you know telling you oh you're 38 you should you're a mom you should be doing xyz it's the same thing with saying I wasn't a girly girl. Well, can I just be me? You know, and can't we just go through and just figure out what works for us? But totally it is. There is a there is a sense, though. I remember when I turned 30, I was like, oh, I've lost the currency of youth. And I felt a sense of freedom. Mm. Honestly, I don't have to pretend to be young anymore. And isn't that freaking great? Like, I just get to be the age I am, you know? Yeah, I,
0: I'm feeling that now. I went through, like, a grieving period of my youth. But <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, but I am so much more confident now. Like, I don't give a fuck, right? Right.
1: You know okay so this this is my journey right now is to give less shits yeah like to just give less shits about what people think about me and i just am like who who cares yeah yeah
0: would you say that your hair is like a pretty strong reflection of who you are at that time
1: i was listening to this youngian podcast okay these three analysts talk about how this was in particular about hair. okay and they talk about hair as this Jungian symbol essentially and it the myth of hair you look at the power behind it someone like um, Medusa right yeah. and the power that was in her hair and how people really associate youth and vitality and it is this symbol right so it definitely marcates times in my life and it can make you feel so powerful to have a haircut that you feel suits you and is aspirational to the person that you kind of want to be right totally there are a lot of hair fables
0: now that I'm thinking about it Rapunzel well that's a fairy tale but but yeah that has been reflected throughout culture and history oh yeah feminine hair power Medusa I we should collab with her (laughs) (laughs) wait what's your sign again you're a virgo i'm a virgo virgo Mm -hmm. aries rising i'm a virgo i can see that i can see
1: that in your hair (laughs) all right (laughs) that's why that's why i have to have like a very contained yes yes but i'm like let's make it a little messy though you know yeah
0: like it's pretty it's pretty contained but it's still like bold
1: but the boldness too comes from like i was saying years of feeling a little invisible and wanting to have something that felt like a signature Mm. and your hair can feel that way right yeah the way that it's sort of a tool of self-expression like if you think about the clothes that you wear it's almost like a costume in the sense of it's it's your armor it's your costume but it's your self-expression so my job at pf is in addition to being the co-owner and the founder i'm the creative director right and every time i make a mood board for the year i'm then this, is, this sounds insane, but this is who I am. I go to my closet and I curate the clothes that I wear for the year based on my mood board so that every single day I am a living, breathing embodiment of the energy and the visuals that I want to create. So if one year I'm doing, oh, high, low was my theme and I'm going to pair sort of like the sleek bob with the t-shirt, you know, or one year I did a little bit of a Western theme. So I was bringing in the cowboy boots and bringing in these different things. And it just felt like a really cool tool of self-expression and i think your hair if you use clips or something that's an extension of that oh
0: my i love that i want to start doing that and this is why i love you because i feel like you just are so all in like even when we talk <laughs> it's you just like bring it you just bring everything and you're just very thoughtful like on every level and so yeah i, I that totally makes sense that you also like curate your closet to your mood board which is
1: incredible. Fair enough like it doesn't change so much year to year you're running a brand not creating like a new but you're in a vibe you're in a vibe though you you gotta create the vibe like that's the entire that's what I that's what I believe I do at PF is that's what we do with candles is it's all about the vibe and the atmosphere so you're going to continue that through how you're dressing, what you're listening to, yeah. the media you're consuming. Totally, and I think I do that too. I just, I just am now kind of realizing it,
0: though. Like, right? yeah, yeah. I'm in a different vibe right now, and I see how that's that's reflecting my my design process. I just didn't really think of it as me intentionally doing that, which I wasn't. How would you describe your
1: owner leadership style? Hmm. Okay. This is so hard because I think there's maybe the way I would describe myself. It's so hard to have self-awareness of how you come across. Yeah. And I'm always like, Tom, who who am I? What do you think I am? (laughs) And I think that I would describe myself as very Mm hands-on and that's where I want to be right now. And that's the needs of the business right now is for me to be more hands on. I can be pretty high level in terms of I'm like, we're looking at it from 10,000 feet. And that's your job as the owner is to see the 10,000 foot view. But again, with the Virgo thing, I'm pretty good at drilling down Mm -hmm. and I'll have my drill down moment. So I'll be like, right now we're focusing on social or right now I want to talk about the conversion or I'll drill down on the shop merchandising and I'll have my hyper focus moments but generally I'm think of my job as the owner as the chief cheerleader for everybody you're like the captain of the boat do you watch below deck you know after you you mentioned it to me and after that I
0: did start watching it and it's super entertaining
1: I'm I'm obsessed with below deck that's my favorite reality tv show but It's actually brought me so much business and and leadership Mm. inspiration. One of the things that I think about as the captain of the boat, which essentially if you're the owner, you're the captain, your job is to chart the course, tell everybody how to get there, and then you have one of two things to do. If you have an experienced team that has worked with you for a while and knows what they're doing, you just kind of go, here's what we're doing, and get out of their way, right? Right. If you have a team that needs more experience or more training then it's your job to train them or get them that training so that's sort of the two ways that i think about the boat analogy and really just driving people towards that vision and towards that goal while simultaneously being their cheerleader or being their coach that's what i think of as my job is that what lights you up about your job you know what it does light me up to think about growth potential for the team, because the last couple years have been so hard for many small businesses, mine included, and that has meant not as much growth for our team. You know, so that is what lights me up is to be able to create opportunities where someone could literally go from a part-time weekend person who pours candles to running the entire warehouse, which is an actual thing that happened. Nisi, my plant manager. That's how she started with us. So that's what lights me up is being able to Mm. find people who really believe in what we're Mm. doing and who it's like a joy to work with, like to be able to have fun at work a little bit, like just to, I don't know, grow those people.
0: Yeah, does that come from maybe, I I mean, circling back, um, you were saying like part of your self desire to self express is like feeling, having felt invisible. And so maybe as a leader you really get lit up by making people feel seen. Damn. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> That's so deep. <laughs> just cuz I feel the same way know. too. Like I very much relate to like kind of feeling just just not seen, maybe a little misunderstood. And so it feels very rewarding to me when I can kind of help even spark that a little bit.
1: Doesn't it sometimes feel like, you know, people talk about imposter syndrome and the business is very successful now, but I still on the inside feel, you'll still feel like that elementary version of yourself or this version of yourself that was a little weird. Like I was a little bit of a weird kid and I didn't have like a ton of friends and I was always like a pretty good student, but not like the best, Mm -hmm. not like the all-star student, you know. and now, I still feel like that person, but other people will reflect. This is what, in the beginning, I'm like, there's how I think I am and then maybe how I come across to others. Mm -hmm. So I still struggle with that self-reflection aspect of it. Totally.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same. Like, I think I, I was labeled aloof for a, <laughs> aloof for a long time like just kind of spacey and then i i got into like uh the gt like the kind of advanced mm-hmm. i don't even know Same. how but i was like the dumb one of the smart kids but wait this was me <laughs>
1: i feel that way too is that i feel like i was the dumbest of the smart yeah kids and i was still a smart yeah kid, but i was always like you know they're all getting all a's and i'm like I had to just work right for that him. bee. <laughs> yeah, but that taught me
0: like, I, uh, how to work for something. You know,
1: but don't you think the aloofness is that I think you're a really pensive, thoughtful person? Like, my reflections of you. And also, we've never met in person. We just have Zoom calls, which is so crazy to me, where I can always feel like I know, I know. you, you know? And so you'll always be, I'll say something, and then you'll be like, huh, and i see you taking it in and really really processing that and that's where i think an aloof thing would come from is that you're processing it's not it's not a coldness you know yeah
0: right and 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 so that's where a lot of my feelings of being misunderstood came from was that i think people saw it as coldness and i was like actually mm. i And having been labeled that for my whole life, where I actually think I'm a really sensitive person. Oh, yeah. You know, and and thoughtful, just kind of in my own world processing things. Like, I go deep when I think about things. So then I think slowly. So then people catch me Mm. off guard, and I'm like, are you talking to me?
1: (laughs) What? I get the being in your world because I very much feel that that's how I would describe myself ever since I was a kid is I've always just been in my own world and I was a younger sibling so I very much kind of created my own world and was super creative. I would write short stories and stuff but now i feel that way too and i feel that there's two versions of myself my work mm-hmm. self and then my home yeah. self and for a while when i was a new mom i didn't have a ton of friends because mm. we had moved around a little and the business had been so demanding our friends were scattered across the country we weren't drinking for a long time so we just didn't have that many friends and in the past like year and a half i've really prioritized building relationships with people mm-hmm. and giving myself a space where I can just be like, you know, silly, dumb version of myself and just that giving yourself those people that you feel like you can be free with and you won't be like fear of being judged or always having to be on, you know? Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm still kind of on my journey of learning how to integrate
1: those two selves. Yeah, integrate them in terms of like bringing that personal self to work or vice versa. No, I guess, why would you do that vice versa? Why would you bring the work self home, right? (laughs) You don't want to do that. Work life. I'm like a work-life separation person. Everyone's like, how do you balance it? And I'm like, I don't know that you can. Just if you're running a small business, there's going to be times where it's so demanding. And you just have to be there and i don't try to get in my head about that because then i'll beat myself up and feel guilty that i'm not balancing instead i'm like i just want to separate it i want to try and not think about work when i go home it's near impossible but i try yeah yeah i
0: mean i think you know businesses are always evolving we as humans are always evolving but a lot of times they're kind of changing on their own paths but i think as business owners who uh, are like us and really are influential influential in shaping The way that our business looks and feels our businesses always benefit from us feeling really honest with ourselves and and like channeling our personal truths into the brand Mm. and i think Mm. when we silo the two and and i feel like the brand has to present in this way when i'm really feeling this way that's when some of the magic i feel like gets lost
1: yeah i can definitely see that and i try to bring my silly I probably bring it way more than I do because I know I say some shit sometimes that my staff's like okay you know or I'll be like we're gonna do this crazy. like look here's a case in point a couple years ago I said look we're gonna use the word atmosphere to describe what we do and everyone was like okay and a little bit in the beginning they were using it like joking they're like oh sorry the atmosphere (laughs) you know like that now they all say it without missing a beat and other brands are using it too so I'll be like for your atmosphere and that's you know, being willing to be brave and bring the part of yourself that maybe someone might laugh at or think it's silly. This is how I feel about people who put themselves on the internet too, is it's honestly such a brave thing to be willing to put yourself on the internet, open yourself up to instant feedback about how you look, how you sound, the things you're saying, it's a brave thing. It is super, super brave. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm constantly just trying to ground myself
0: and in, in not feeling swayed, you know, by those moments where your team is like, mm,
1: "Okay, <laughs> we're gonna do it," because <laughs> and if it doesn't work, we'll pretend it never happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always that balance of like feeling insecure about looking weird or what your team thinks of you but then also like deep inside i know i know what i'm doing
1: and i know like Mm. i i know my vision running a business is basically being comfortable with constantly bumping up against your experience level Mm. right have you ever felt like you've reached like I'm at the top of my experience level, and I need like I need to take a class or I need to push myself further and that's incredibly uncomfortable because it can make you self doubt and if you tie your worth to your work or your output, that trickles into your psyche, right? yeah,
0: but you can't possibly be the smartest person in the room all the time, right? like I think nope. you have to let yourself be the dummy and
1: be like, Oh, yes. Can you please explain this to me? Like I'm ask the silly question, right? Yeah. Oh, I say that stuff to me all the time. I'll be like, okay, what does that mean though? Like the first time I heard someone use the word bandwidth. Okay, (laughs) we were pitching a collab. It's so inside baseball. It's such a tech speak thing. And now I say it all the time. We're pitching a collab and they said, sorry, that brand doesn't have the bandwidth. And I said, that's great. But what does that mean exactly? (laughs) What does bandwidth mean? Like I I genuinely didn't know that it meant they don't have the time and capacity. Now I use it all the time. Now I say that all the time. (laughs) I love that. So what's important to you just in your business, in your
0: life? Like if you could just go up to 10,000 feet, like what do you give a shit about?
1: I give a shit about my daughter, my family. That's... Number one, I sit at work sometimes and I miss her and I can't wait to be with her. She keeps me motivated with the business. Like I was talking about, definitely motivated by growth for people. But nothing means more to me than when people share stories of how our products actually impact their lives, because it can get running an e-com business, too. We have our stores. I'm not at the store every day right I don't run the stores and I when I used to do the markets I got to see firsthand and hear the stories firsthand now I rely on like I'm basically every week I'm like can you tell me the customer stories can you tell me I want to know about them I want to know who came in with a cute dog forward the emails of how people are using fragrance how they like it what it reminds me of because when someone it gives me chills it gives me chills when someone says oh this reminds me so much of my grandpa or of this really specific memory and to think that something you make actually has value to someone else that's there's nothing better than that you know to actually think that you're creating something with value connection what do you not give a shit about Look <laughs> Look, I will be really honest with you because you I told you already I'm a virgo. So I give too many shits about too many things. Okay, that is the damn truth <laughs> is that I'm really working I'm really working on giving less shits about things because I get really in my head. I have a tendency to overthink everything that I mm. say and do and worry, oh, what did the other person think about that? How did that come across? In business, it comes across that I'm pretty particular and I think that it results in details that are really good for the business, but in my personal life, it gives me anxiety, mm-hmm, right? Mm. <laughs> so, I'm really on a journey to care what I think and care less what other people think. Mm. But I will tell you one thing I realize I don't give a shit about at all is I don't give a shit how other people do things, especially at my business. I'm like, you're not gonna be successful at a business because you do things the way other people do things. Like that successful company found a creative new way to do something and that's why they're successful. So while I will absolutely, I do a ton of reading. I read all the time, a lot of business, a lot of self-improvement books, and I will take tidbits here and there. You can't apply someone else's philosophy full stop to yours and you have to really think about what's gonna work for me. And if you're especially like, my position, I'm a self-funded, independently owned business. So why wouldn't I do things my way and try things my way? And I'm happy to try a different method, but I just, I don't necessarily care about following else, someone else's blueprint, right? We get yeah, to make our own blueprint. Totally. That's the
0: biggest. And it's also the hardest is to not mm. give shits about what other people think.
1: Well, you'll sit there and compare yourself and you'll say, oh, should I be doing that? You know, <laughs> like, oh, oh I that's know. so good. Like, I got to do that. And that's where it comes from drawing inspiration versus doing a rip of someone else's blueprint. Right. Yeah. I I think I actually had the reflection
0: the other day that actually how much I don't give a shit about a lot of things. Mm I think the Aries side of me we're very much like that spark that just happens and then it kind of fizzles out so I get a lot of um kind of that initial inspo but then there's not a lot of like details or or (laughs) follow-up that happens so I will get like that spark of motivation and then I like don't give a shit about the rest of it which Mm. (sighs) really trying
1: to balance that out but um the number one people that I admire are like people who are like, I just don't care what other people think of me. I'm like, what must it be like to be you? Like literally oh my I realized this is Tom. This is yeah. Tom is that he was like a punk. He like, because of his upbringing and because of like the way people treated him, he was just like, I don't give a shit what other people think of yeah. me. And I think that that's absolutely in the big spectrum why I married him. I mean, Mm -hmm. the front level, I'm like, I'm always laughing. He's hilarious. But big spectrum, I'm like, that is something I aspire to be, is one of those people who's just so self-assured. Totally. I think it's really cool, and I think it's really good for business.
0: Yeah. I do think it's, I don't want to grossly generalize, but I feel like (laughs) more men are that way. Mm. Like, I was literally you're not a people pleaser. Yes, exactly. I was just recording a podcast with my brother. And we're talking about that of like, how do you know, though? Like, how are you staying centered? And like, how do you kind of validate yourself or feel okay or battle the self-doubt and self-imposter syndrome? And he was Mm -hmm. just like, I don't need that. Like, I don't need the validation. Like, I know what I want. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. must be Mm -hmm. nice. Must Mm -hmm. be nice for you.
1: I feel this way is people ask me how do you, look, it is scary to start a business, Mm -hmm. run a business. There's definitely like being out on your own, being self-funded is like, oh shit. But I just do it scared. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel nervous. All the time, all the time. And I'll just know that I have to do whatever I have to do, whether it's a hard conversation or like if I'm doing a speaking engagement, I just have to do it scared because that's how you do it.
0: Right. That is. That's the defining, I think, point and reason why we own businesses, because we still make the choice to do it. Yeah. But I love having our, like, talks, and I'm so glad that they're of value to you, too, because (laughs) it's just lovely. Like, I feel like you are part of my
1: kind of community. That's how I feel exactly. I always get such good takeaways because it's so interesting to hear someone that's either going through something similar or you're, like interesting way of thinking about things you know like when you're doing the pop-up series last summer I was like that is genius I love it I love it I want to do a pop-up series you know I got so inspired so it's great yeah. to have that and, resource and we'll meet IRL at some point and
0: have a play date we both have yes. seven-year-olds
1: like <laughs> our kids are gonna be like why are you making me do this? <laughs> listen the moms need to talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: It'll happen. It'll happen. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank I really you for having it. me. What a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Do you have any new stuff coming up? Any new products?
1: What's your website and your handles? Okay. We have a really cool collaboration coming out and it might, depending on when this comes out, might already be live. So we're working with the skate brand toy machine. That's going to be super fun. And then in the Fall, we're releasing a new, brand new line of candles. It's going to look different. It's going to have some mood technology to make you feel a certain way. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, our website is pfcandleco.com and then you can find the company at pfcandleco I've been kind of kicked out of the Instagrams because I like to go in there and like <laughs> respond to the DMs. They um, kicked you out? For and that? I go, well, no, I just kind of t- kicked myself out. In a way, because I was like, change the password on me because I'll be reading it on the weekends, you know? Oh boy. So I'm not in there, but I am on Instagram at at underscore longbranch. <laughs> I like your TikToks too. You guys Oh my god, I'm retired from TikTok. You know I'm retired from TikTok now. <laughs> Are you? I was so into it. I was so into TikTok. I'm on TikTok under the same thing. So you can look at my plethora of videos of ASMR handmaking videos, but I just got too sucked in. it's it's like that it's like that it's
0: addicting (laughs) well if you like this episode please rate and review and subscribe to the show did you know you can rate and review every episode it really helps us out you can find us on ig and tiktok at chunks.shop and send us a dm if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about in the future
1: bye i didn't know you could rate and review every episode apparently (laughs) mine better get good ratings